So this is a relative new comet that we only learned about last year. What makes this so special is that based on its orbit, what we know, what we've been able to observe over the last year, is that it last flew by the Earth 50,000 years ago and will probably never come back into the inner solar system again. It is going right now 90 times a speeding bullet, 90 kilometers per second. Could you just, for those of us who are stupid like me, could you just tell us what a comet is? A comet is an aggregation of ice, of volatiles, and of dirt, effectively. Now, that dirt comes from all corners of the solar system, so it's very important dirt. But effectively, comets are either icy snowballs, dirty snowballs, or snowy dirt balls, which is another name for Eagles fans. <laughs> <laughs> Stone on air coming up. Completely unsanctioned by the church. Stone on air. Whatever, let's just do this. Stone on air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Give human beings opportunity and you'll be absolutely shocked with what people do with it. Stone on air coming up. Stone on air. I mean, how fabulous is that? How absolutely fabulous is that? A literal, or I don't know, literal, because I don't know what kind of scientist, but we'll just say for the fun of it, a rocket scientist from NASA on with Tony Kornheiser explaining this comet that's flying across the uh, solar system and using it as a way to bag on Philadelphia Eagles fans. That, my friends, is good listening material, as is this, the Stone on Air podcast. It really is remarkable when you sit down. I mentioned this from time to time over the years, and you just think about how much stuff you don't know. Some of the smartest people you know don't know anything. When you stack it up against all the things there is to know, it it rounds down to you don't know anything. How many times in your life have you heard about a comet or a meteoroid or an asteroid? Or any other kind of scientific space, galaxy, universal terminology that we primarily hear about in movies and television shows. And we act like then we know what they are. I don't know what a comet is. Tony Tony Kornheiser, a award-winning, legendary sports writer, radio host, talk show host, um, sport talk show host, and television host, doesn't know what it is. And I love when great conversations come out of that. So what is a meteoroid? It's a small, rocky, or metallic body in outer outer space, typically smaller than asteroids. Well, what's an asteroid? It's a minor planet of the inner solar system. Sizes and shapes of asteroids vary significantly, very significantly, ranging from one-meter rocks to a dwarf planet almost 1,000 kilometers in diameter. They are rocky, metallic, or icy bodies, with no atmosphere. And anytime there's like an end of the world movie, like that dumb don't look up movie that everybody talked about how great it was when really it totally sucked. Uh, it's usually an asteroid is headed towards the earth. And then of course he just mentioned a comet moving around the solar system so fast. It's just a ball of ice that when it passes by the sun, it warms and begins to release gases, a process that is called out gassing. And I guess after that, I still don't know anything hardly at all about what those three things are now. 
than I did one minute and 20 seconds ago. Welcome to the show. My name is Brian. Uh, I've got uh, some stuff today. I think uh, you'll enjoy some of it. I hope so anyway. I always That's always the goal. We'll lay out the show here. I just might have crumpled. No, I didn't. Okay. Uh, let's see what we got going on today. I've, I've actually shifted on the open here in just the last couple of minutes, and I'll get to that after I tell you the second segment. I got to do it for a few minutes anyway. Policing in America. And I don't know how long that's going to take. And I've also got um, this thing on Delta 8 about to be maybe axed out of uh, out of legislatively out of Georgia and just wanted to uh, I, I, maybe I'll get to that. Maybe I won't, but I'll fit that into that segment if I need to. But I mean, got to talk about it after the Memphis stuff. I um, I'll save my commentary for that second segment, but that's what I'm going to do there. And in the final segment, I've been just jotting down notes to self and just kind of instead of putting them on the front end here, I decided to make a full final segment of all these thoughts and just local events or local stories. And none of them are very big, but they're all they're all impactful in some way to many people here in the city of Chattanooga. So I'll do that in the final segment of the show. And so when I originally put this together, after I took all that kind of local thoughts, just the way I just kind of start throwing around things on the front and I moved it to the back, then I realized, well, shit, <laughs> I don't have anything for the front. So I started pushing around, you know, moving around and kind of forcing some ideas. I had, you know, COVID federal emergencies end in May. Uh, there's maybe an annual COVID booster. I had did some highlights. Uh, who the hell wants to sit around and talk about that? So what I've changed it in and out with, and I, then I put NFC, AFC Championship Sunday. Eh, nothing really that interesting to talk about that. Super Bowl's in two weeks. Look forward to that. But so then I added in, let's go chicken thighs and rock and roll hall of fame so let's do that shall we oh and i'll get you the three pieces of audio as <clears throat> per usual the worst idea the real thing and the coolest thing and i might say the let's go thing for the uh, back end with all the other chattanooga stuff so we'll start with this not normally going to bore people with cooking tips because i'm not a chef by any means but it is something that i do regularly almost on a daily basis if i don't have something to cook in the kitchen i feel bored i feel like i've I'm, I'm missing out on something, even if that's just making a sauce or making a dressing or something like that. And I have stumbled on, in the world of TikTok, the most perfect way to cook bone-in, skin-on chicken thighs. I know it's the worst cut of chicken for your health, but damn it if it's not the best and the most versatile. You can do so much stuff with it. But I have found if you just want a simple piece of chicken, you know, there's so many ways you can sauce it up and mix it up with a bunch of different other ingredients for great different kinds of flavors. But if you just want a piece of chicken that will blow your head off, especially if you love salt, if you're a salt guy like me or gal, take the chicken thigh. You don't need any oil. If you want oil, you can, but you don't need it. Just make sure it's dry and just salt the skin side, all right? Don't pepper it. That'll burn it. Salt the skin side. And then whatever season you want on the underneath flesh side, whatever whatever that is you want. I do salt and pepper. You can do no seasoning, and it'll probably turn out all right. Uh, so that's your choice there. Then take a cold, room temperature, not touch, no flame, cast iron. I know this sounds wrong to people who use cast irons regularly, but trust me on this. Set it on the burner. Put the skin side down, the salted skin sides down, and put it on medium heat. Now, my... Uh, range the fire and the oven it runs hot 
So I go a little less than medium and just let it start from there. And it'll gradually render all that down. And about 10 minutes in, maybe 12, but start checking around 9, 10 minutes, 8, 9, 10 minutes, that skin is going to turn into the most amazing golden crispy brown you've ever seen. When you see that, you don't want it to get too too dark. You want gold, gold brown. Flip it over and then reduce the heat a little more. Because especially if you have pepper on the other side, it will burn. So I go down a couple more notches towards low because that cast iron skillet's already going to be hot as hell anyway and it's going to hold that heat. About eight minutes later, for a, usually a total cooking time of 20 minutes, you will have the most perfect piece of chicken you have ever eaten. I promise you, take my word for it. You'll love it. Unless you don't like salty foods, and then you might not. So there you go, cooking with Brian. And I'm not trying to act like I know everything, but I know that when it comes to the culinary world. And I'm getting better at it every single day, and I really have come to enjoy Shark Tank reruns and, and April Braves baseball and cooking in the kitchen. I've turned into... A very old man. And not very old man, but older for sure. Real quick before I get to the audio, let's spend a few minutes on this. Uh, this was just announced later this uh, afternoon. Of course, that would be Wednesday. The nominees for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It doesn't matter who's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It just doesn't. But it's still fun to talk about. To me, it's not like sports Hall of Fames. This is more of a television program. This is more of an institution Um I mean, I, I guess all the Hall of Fames, all these awards things, they're all that's all kind of what they are. But this is also being put together for a good performance and a good production for television. I think it's HBO that still carries it. And I always like it because it has performance base. And now all my favorite bands, or many of them, are up for nominees every year. So I'll run through it real quick here, and I'll just fly through it. Kate Bush, Sheryl Crow, Missy Elliott, Iron Maiden, Joy Division, New Order, Cindy Lauper, George Michael, Willie Nelson, Rage Against the Machine, Soundgarden, The Spinners. Pardon me, I only know that's a band name. I don't know who that is. A Tribe Called Quest, The White Stripes. I, I didn't see that the first time I looked at it. And Warren Zevon. So first of all, you want to start talking to yourself about how you're going to put a show together. What kind of show are we going to do here? And, of course, another thing about Pearl Jam and uh, Eddie Vedder, Eddie Vedder has been doing Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductions pretty consistently for the last, really, since he was a you know young man in, in the 90s. He's introduced uh, or inducted uh, Neil Young, the Ramones, the Who, I think uh, he did R.E.M. I might be wrong on that one. Uh, what's another one? I know there's one more. Um, ELO, maybe? I think he might have done. I, I, there's a lot of them. What better person to induct Neil, uh, excuse me, Warren Zevon than Eddie Vedder just a year or two after he was introduced and he could play the lead, the baritone voice could play the lead in the performance of Warren Zevon's songs with an all-star jam of other the other uh, newly elected members. How amazing would that be? And there is connective tissue from Warren Zevon and Eddie Vedder. It's not just quite as much as it was with some of these others, but nobody has that much connected tissue with weirdo Warren Zevon. Uh, I He should already be in. Start from the top, and I'll just give it a thought. Kate Bush, got to plead ignorance. I don't see how there could be a possible way that that would be the case, but I'm going to just say no. Sheryl Crow, love, 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 love Sheryl Crow. 
Not a chance. Missy Elliott, I also don't know her genre and how important she is to music in that in that time frame. I think the argument could be made, but I'm not going to do it. She's not in. Iron Maiden, don't understand how they're important to music whatsoever, other than they just fit in with their time frame and genre very well and had a very, very strong following. But as far as a a, 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 a mainstream level, I don't it maybe I'm too young. Maybe I missed it, but I mean they're not Metallica. You know, they're they're not even in the same sentence paragraph book as Metallica. I mean, I'm just biased here. I'll never give you Joy Division a new or, uh, new order. I won't even talk about it. Cindy Lopper, I would give you the opportunity to make a case for me, but just sitting here looking at this, I don't know that her contributions are strong enough. I know that for a moment they were. I don't know if it was long enough. I don't know if there was longevity for that. George Michael, I, I don't see how he is important enough to be a Hall of Fame member, though I, I do like George Michael and a lot of that music. I've, I grew to like it. I think this is a good year. Put Willie Nelson in. You don't know how much longer we're going to have him, right? I mean, that's just that simple. Rage Against the Machine, very important to music from the 1990s and still to this day. Rage, I think this is her second time on the ballot. Put him in. Soundgarden, I want to say yes because of all the obvious reasons. If you're regular, you would know why. I would say probably not yet. Not talking about the spinners because I'm ignorant and don't know. And no chance on a tribe called Quest. No freaking chance on uh, a tribe called Quest. I don't even know why they're on the ballot. Maybe I'm missing something, but this was my era. I grew up with this band. I didn't listen to them, but I know who they were. I was watching MTV. They were there. I don't know how they have contributions that even allow them to be uh, nominated. Warren Zevon, as I just mentioned, I think it's a crime. He's not there already. And then the real interesting one is, and I think this is the first year on the ballot because I don't ever remember seeing the white stripes on here. And I do think Jack White is a Hall of Famer. And I do think, especially that band, The White Stripes, which I never was a big fan of, but I did see in 2007. And I do, I did appreciate, I think he is important to rock and roll and to the music industry all the way around for a variety of reasons. I don't know that the White Stripes are Hall of Famers. I think Jack White is a Hall of Famer, if that makes sense. But I'm not sure on that one. I would have to think about that for a little bit. So I'm going to say for today, no. But I don't know. I could be convinced otherwise. I don't know how all the criteria is all the time. Jack White won't be eligible for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame individually, for quite some time, because I, if I remember right, I think his first solo record was in 2012. Maybe it was a little before that. He was doing Rack and Tours. He was doing Dead Weather. I think Blunderbuss is his first solo album. I think, and if it's not that year in 2012, it's somewhere around there. It's fabulous. It's some of the best work he's ever done. But that'll be 25 years from that date before Jack White solo could be uh, considered or on the on the ballot. So there you go. There's my first thoughts. I know it's just like anything else. Depends on who you ask. Depends on what era people's favorite music is. But I do think that's a nice nomination list to discuss. Sometimes there's some on there that's like, what are you doing? This one doesn't have many of them. Only the a Tribe Called Quest and Joy Division New Order. I might got no interest in talking about. And then again, I don't know who the hell the spinners are. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Let's play three pieces of audio before we wrap up this first open or the open of the show. This is you gotta wait, you gotta bear with me here, okay? 
This is, I think it's hysterical. I've listened to it like five times. I laugh my ass off every time. It's a guy uh, doing, it looks like he's doing a podcast. And this is a, would you rather do this or would you rather do that question? And it's really long and it's 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 a real roundabout way to get to where they're trying where he's trying to go, and it's a very last moment that it turns hysterical for me anyway. I don't know if you'll agree, but you're about to find out. This is today's what did I call it? Uh, oh, I call this one the worst idea. Would you rather have one of your ankles broken every year on January 2nd? It's not January 1st, so you can celebrate the new year. The method is a broken fibula by a 16-ounce anvil black rubber head mallet bought fresh from Home Depot in the morning, (laughs) and it's wielded by a male arborist, which is like a lumberjack, from Rhode Island. And every year, it's like a random guy that's selected. It's not the same one. So the we're going to call him the lumberjack. The lumberjack hits you in the fibula until the... The bone breaks. In the case that the mallet snaps before the bone breaks, the lumberjack must use the broken pieces of the <laughs> hammer to break your ankle. So, like, either the head of the mallet or, uh, like, the broken handle. So, the stopping point is when the fibula is broken, but if there's collateral damage to the other bones or tendons, you must continue until the fibula breaks. And the lumberjack watches a skeletal anatomy YouTube video before <laughs> on where the fibula is so he knows where to swing. And let's assume it's a semi-decent one, like 15 minutes long. As well as that, there is a doctor on duty to check whether the fibula is broken after each swing, and assume the doctor can tell with 100% accuracy. The doctor cannot help or fix you, and each year you pick what (laughs) ankle you want it done to, but it's suggested that you alternate by year, and the healing time for broken fibula is six weeks to three months, but will slowly increase with age and scar tissue development, and this is done in the middle of an open field, and your car is half a mile away after the break, so you have to walk or crawl half a mile to the car, and you cannot use a ride service to get to your car, so all of that, or have red hair. (laughs) Where's a running theme in my friend and my brother's thread where we've got a ginger, a redhead, where we just make jokes about it all the time? Maybe that's not funny. Uh, clearly, I think it is. I gotta hurry. Here's today's real thing. It's Hannity being Hannity and somebody trying to be funny. To me, the Democratic Party is the party of coastal elites. You're absolutely right, Sean. Us Democrats are always going on and on about affordable health care, equal rights, livable wages, renewable energy, bodily autonomy. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to bore you with all this coastal elitist nonsense. <laughs> the video helped uh, that one out a little bit. And I needed short ones since I knew that last one went so long. And the final one here, keeping with the tradition I've done here recently, it's a professional harpist, TikTok lady playing a familiar 80s television theme song, Today's Coolest Thing. Ah, 
always glad you came. I wish she would have done that a little bit longer, but I thought that was pretty neat. Back when television theme songs and intros were almost as important as the content of the show was going to be. Maybe not almost as, but it certainly had a level of importance to the show. Nowadays, you want almost no intro or the fastest little stupid sound and one little quick you know, blip or quip or whatever. Uh, because attention spans can't last longer than a split second. And that ain't just kids. That's all us grown-ass adults as well. Um, this isn't a race thing for me uh, in this situation. And I don't think it's a race thing in a lot of these. This is a police officer thing. They're not very good at what they do. That and maybe this thing uh, on Delta 8 maybe being outlawed in Georgia. And plenty more things to get to as the Stone On Air podcast continues next. Be glad there's one place in the world where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. You want to go where people know. People are all the same. You want to go where everybody knows your name. Now more Stone on Air. It's about to get all stupid up in here. Stone on Air. The reality is that if your response to abolish the police is to ask what's going to replace them, you don't understand how ineffective police actually are at any of the positive roles of their job. Police or the presence of police does not stop crime. They don't solve crime. Only 2% of major crimes actually get solved by police. And that's not even counting all the false convictions. Police don't keep kids, adults, teens, or the elderly safe. They can't address mental health crisis. They can't address domestic violence. They all suck at de-escalation. So whatever it is you think police are doing that is so important that we can't abolish them, I promise you they're not doing it. It's literally the law that the police are not here to protect you. They have one job, one, and that is protect capital. If you expect them to do any more than that, they will always sorely disappoint you. Now what would you get? A friend of mine gave me a bunch of bleep about getting Tyler Childers' name wrong when I did the Bonnaroo show a week, couple weeks ago. I guess I said Childers, and now I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting, like I'm questioning myself. I think children. I was trying to remember. Yeah, not Childress. Tyler Childers. Song is called "Long Violent History." And when I was looking at some threads of people talking about this terrible situation in Memphis, somebody somewhere, for whatever reason, mentioned and posted this song, "Long Violent History," from Tyler Childers. And I just grabbed it and went with it. This is like the third time I've heard it. I don't. I don't understand this guy yet. I, I, it, it doesn't resonate with me yet. This, I don't know. I will very likely see him at Bonnaroo, so that'll give me a better idea. But that's why I went with this song called, hell, I didn't, what did I call it? Oh, what did he call it? Long Violent History. Welcome back in. And so I've done this this segment many times, all the way back to the radio days, and I'm going to try not to be too repetitive, but I, it's just impossible not to discuss after you see what happened last week. And it really is another 
or what well, what we found out about last week, not what happened last week. I guess it happened in the first week of January, if I remember right. And there's a certain level of this that makes me, um, I don't want to say the word happy. Uh, I think the dynamic here that this is all black men involved and not any other race helps clarify what needs to be discussed. And, well, with non-crazy people, which is a dwindling amount of people. But I, I saw headlines here and there and blurbs and I'm just so far removed from so much of that other than a quick scroll on Twitter and I you know I rarely dive into much of it unless it really comes from a source that I trust and appreciate but that it was still being a narrative of this is terribly racist behavior and I understood the argument that racism isn't just it's 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 classism it's uh it it kind of it's hybrid of of a lot of different things. It made sense, but I was just like, listen, hold on. Let's not miss an opportunity to look at the real issue here. We got a lot of really bad cops. And these cops might be, these officers in Memphis might be on a different level to where they do still single out poor black men for whatever reason, whatever that cultural identity that is flawed between races and cultures especially in cities like memphis um but the biggest issue here is the same issue that we've been dealing with for uh well let me think how long oh that's right forever forever now i guess it was around the george floyd thing that obviously the race thing got really big and then all the protests and that i believe is when the you know the hashtag defund the police Started. I'm sure there was plenty of abolished police at that point, too. There is a little libertarian in me that says we certainly don't need the amount of police officers that we have, and we certainly use them in the wrong way. But it's, that's a poor look to fund the police. And it just brings in another talking point, another hashtag, so that then dim-witted, loudmouth politicians and then their, their minions online are so lacking of any kind of creativity as soon as they find something they don't like after they lose their shit over, over a hashtag defund the police and then are running around last year saying, defund the IRS, defund the FBI. You're all a bunch of damn morons. I mean, all of them are just, <laughs> it's just not, it's not even funny. It never was funny, but it's all part of the TV show. It's all part of the script. But I thought that was a very bad look. And the whole abolish the police certainly isn't uh, a, a good look either. But these these guys, obviously, guys and many women too, they don't know what they're doing. And a lot of times that's not their fault. The training, the, um, the, the qualifications are very low, especially in lower income places. I mean, information that I don't think you needed me to tell you to understand. But tell me you got D's in high school without telling me you got D's in high school. That's the that's the street traffic police officer. Sometimes I want I hear I've heard sometimes that people who say cops they think that's kind of a slang. I don't know if that's true or not, but um, yeah, tell me you have no real goals or uh, options in life without telling me you don't have any options in life. Says the guy writing a ticket on Broad Street downtown tomorrow. People who get into these kinds of positions and that's just where they stay. 
are aren't people that really have any kind of usefulness to virtually any uh, organization or industry. And we so heavily fund police in all cities across America. I was looking at the, the budget that Tim Kelly released, the Kelly administration released, I guess it was just last year. And all of the money goes to education in the police department. That's, you know, that's where the bulk of all of it goes. Yeah, take some of that from the police department if you're not going to fix how you train them and give it to education. Sure, that's what I would consider a bit of a defund. But if you're not going to do that, that's fine. Don't. Fix your house, man. And I don't know how to do that exactly other than it starts from the top. I don't have a lot of confidence in our... um, our police chief. I don't have a real good reason for that. And I, I, I think it possibly be possibly could be one of the bad decisions or wrong decisions that Tim Kelly in retrospect, maybe looking down the road, looking back, it might be, might not be, but that's because we have had some strong police chiefs around here. Bobby Dodd and chief Roddy. I was a big fan of those guys. Fred Fletcher. eh, I didn't meet him. So I don't have as nearly as much of opinion. I'll, I'd give him, you know, a C plus B, something like that, maybe. But Chief Roddy was that guy was the man. I felt like he knew what he was doing. I don't know any better. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he sucked. I don't know. But when we go back to that cop story in um, where Maryland, wherever the hell it was, the new uh, woman on the on the force, and she kills the guy. And she thinks, and she not only pulls a taser or pulls a gun. And either either thinks it's a taser and kills the guy on accident, or she's so incompetent that she thinks that a good excuse for accidentally killing somebody is to admit out loud that I thought it was a taser. Either one, the excuse made up because you're because you're nervous is asinine, and just as much of just the actual fact that that's what you did. Um. It's not her fault, probably. It's probably her supervisor's fault. It could be all the way up with the chain of command. But people get on to me about this one, too. Lower-level rankings in the armed forces and street police officers that don't really ever go anywhere other than that are not our, bre- our best. They're not our brightest. And they, um, they're not really to be put on any kind of pedestal, even though that's kind of what we do. We celebrate the blue, thin blue line. We celebrate the troops. Oh, the troops. Oh, the troops. Listen, many of these people, many, 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 many of these people are a couple of different things. They have no options. And um, this is a, a way out of, uh, you know, the feeling of emptiness, nowhere to go, which is fine. That's good to have that outlet. Or they're people who are downtrodden for the most part of their life, D's in high school, but power hungry and love the idea of being an authority. And where else can you do that when you get thrown in the military, the police office, you know, the police academy, and you get a gun and a nightstick, and oh, now, boy, now I'm your boss. When this, these people, generally speaking, have been picked on and held down their entire life. And then oftentimes, through the psychology of all this stuff, you'll find these people, when they get these positions, they abuse the, the power because they're psychologically tormented from never having the power that American society and cultural norms says power is everything, winning at all costs, take out the opponents, take, uh, beat the foe, winning is everything. 
And that is a psychological thing that's from the backdoor woman at a Walmart, the the uh, manager at a at a gas station, or a, or any kind of middle level, middle class, blue collar kind of place. Power is so sought after by all walks of life because America has made power and 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 domination over everybody else around you at with at, at all cost this is what it trickles down into and you get forces full of people who don't have any fucking idea what they're doing and if 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 these psychos know they have a body armor they know they have a body camera on them and they're going to they're getting their rocks off on beating the shit out of this guy there's clearly no there's 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 no direction there's there's no leadership there's no uh, accountability in that police department and that's one of countless it's sickening i've told the story many times i'll just quickly paraphrase it one of my best friends growing up we'd get in trouble for stupid stuff like speeding and drinking underage and there was one cop in particular we didn't like, Wilkie. It was the the father of the other Wilkie that was just doing that weird stuff with the baptism and the you know that that psychopath you can make a lifetime movie out of it. And my friend's dad said, "I'll never forget it. Any old dumb asshole can be a cop." I've never forgotten that. I also remember going out to Southern California. My uncle. An aunt and cousins live in Oceanside, right next to Carlsbad. Carlsbad actually makes Oceanside look like the the lesser rich, the the lesser wealthy, but they're all wealthy. And we were me and my brother got there, and I rented a Mustang in 2006. I rented a uh, a convertible. It was I think it was all they had, but nonetheless, we have a convertible driving around in Southern California in July. We're 20, I'm 26 years old, he's 24. What a dream that sounds like, right? It was amazing. We went to Best Buy, I bought some CDs. And we got a 12-pack of beer, maybe a case of beer. And we just drove all over the cities and the county and listening to music loud and drinking beer in the car. Now, we were going to do that anywhere we went because we were stupid as hell. But we started looking around because we're careful, just barely enough. We're looking around, you know, like, we've been driving around all day. I haven't seen seen a single police officer. I don't mean I only saw one or two, or I can't remember the last time I saw one. We didn't see a single one all day. They basically don't exist in these communities because they don't need to. Now, obviously, that's another world from when we're talking about Memphis and New York City that needs police officers constantly. This is from I don't remember where, but it's a it's a it's a it's a written by a police officer in response to um, somebody from this blog. It says, "Do we need police?" A former police lieutenant debates an abolitionist. And the first thing it just says big in the sub headline, yes. And I'll just hit a few points here. Uh, today he says, "Yes, we do." Here's all the reasons why. But today, police spend most of our time responding to low-level issues that do not need an armed officer. In fact, our presence often makes the situation more dangerous. While the media features polarizing debates, quote-unquote abolish the police, versus hiring more of them, many officers want to, excuse me, many officers want to hand low-risk calls to trained, quote-unquote, community responders. 
which would be a nice whole nother division. Now, I don't, you don't get a lot of power there. It's not as glorious. You don't get a gun. I don't know who would even want to do that. Law enforcement is simply not equipped to address many of the problems we have that they're tasked with solving. In a perfect world, people would rarely need to call the police because mental health and substance abuse treatment, housing services, support systems for the formerly incarcerated, and other programs would be funded to the extent that would prevent these crises that trigger 911 calls. But of course, we're not near a perfect world. Jump ahead just a little bit here. It says, uh, we need to promote reform from within our ranks. That includes recruiting. We need more women. We need more people of color. We need better standards to ensure that the only of the best are trusted, that only the best of the best are trusted with the ability to use deadly force in the enforcement of the law. So, yeah, rookie, you don't get a gun. Sorry, not until you've passed some kind of protocol outside of the, I'm going off script here, or off his piece here, until you're outside of the police academy or whatever the uh, the rankings and the prerequisites, prerequisite, now, God damn it, you see what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah, how about that for an idea? And that's, uh, that's, that's all of that. So there are a lot of really good police officers, really smart, intelligent, thoughtful, helpful, and out to do real good. But I believe, conjecture on my part, that there is, they are outnumbered by who, I can't even begin to guess how many. A lot. Maybe I watch too many cop drama shows that always are caught up in all this stuff. But if... All I know is if you're a police officer and you're a street police officer patrol, that's your position, and you don't leave that position, there's a, re- there's a reason for it because you're not really worth all that much. You're not solving any crimes. You're not, fi- you know, you're not really helping anybody most of the time. And if you were, you would move up in ranks, and you would start to work in different departments of of detective work, of real FBI, you know, with, with sites to be in, you know, the higher bureaus of investigation and uh, detectives and those kinds of things. You wouldn't just sit around writing speeding tickets because you either you either don't have a brain well enough to do anything better, and that's fine. That's an honest day's work, or at least I think it is. I mean, I, I, usually it is. I'm sure there's plenty plenty of corruption there too. But if that person was smart enough and more capable of doing better work, they would. And the worst thing is, if you ever know a former police officer, that's somebody you need to be really, really beware of because they didn't leave for, for, for on their own. They got into it because they wanted to do it. They didn't leave because they wanted to. Generally speaking, obviously, not, them all, not all of them, but I, that's where I'm coming from. Don't trust police officers. There's a lot of TikTok uh, accounts I, I follow that are from lawyers that, that remind you, you don't, you don't owe the police officers anything if they pull you over. You don't have to answer their questions. They have to tell you what's going on. You don't have to explain to them where you're going. That was foreign to me when I first heard that. Now, I'm generally not going to get pulled over and harassed by a cop, I wouldn't think ever. But it doesn't matter who you are. Where have you been? None of your business, dude. Now, you don't want to answer it that way. I'm not here to talk about my day. I'm not here to tell you what my favorite food is. Where are you headed? It's none of your business, man. That that is information that they are not... There's not a guaranteed right that they they have to have that information. 
Why did you pull me over? What, you know why I pulled you over? That's not a question you have to answer. They have to tell you. A lot of people don't realize that, don't think about it. I didn't for the longest time. Now, if you're smart with them and you're you're difficult, well, that's going to make the process more difficult for you. But if you, here goes back to my show from a couple weeks ago. If you just shut the fuck up, you're going to be fine. Usually, especially if you're a white guy, middle-aged, you'll be fine. Just ask Davis Lundy and so many others. Uh, I didn't get to that Delta 8 thing, but the bottom line is they're trying to get rid of it in Georgia. Of course they are. Well, and I wouldn't have a problem necessarily. That stuff is poison. I like marijuana, but that stuff's not really marijuana. But So, yeah, don't let a, a, a traffic cop pull you over and try to make you do anything. I mean, other than show them your registration and your insurance, even though they all have a database to know whether you have these things and register, you know, uh, proof of insurance, you know, follow that, do that. But it's none of your goddamn business where I'm going, copper. If you want to follow me around the rest of the night to find out, I guess go ahead. So anyway, we need better cops. That's it. We need better cops. And we need better people in general so we can have better police officers. And to wrap up the show this week, a random hodgepodge of jumping around to things that are all locally tied up here in the city of Chattanooga. We'll get to that next. But I wasn't big enough for college. But I passed the entrance exam. First try, no my way. Police Academy gave me the only thing I was ever good at. More of Stone on Air coming up. I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. At StoneOnAir.com. Super Bowl Sunday. I'm about to learn y'all what I put in my crawfish ball. Let's get it, dude. You can put anything in your ball you like, any condiments. But the only thing you can't put is oranges and any other fruit. If you want a fruit cocktail, you go to Bourbon Street and get a fruit cocktail. Let's get it, dude. Yeah, this is chicken wings. But what we're going to do with that, we're going to pull it out the ball, and we're going to make some fire barbecue wings with it. Oh, yeah, I got a lot of hate for the hot dogs last time, but the children love them, and I make a fire hot dog with all the condiments and that dip. And this is the biggest game changer right here, a whole gallon of jalapenos. Hey, if you don't like jalapenos, don't put it. But it's going to change the way you ball now. Y'all stay with me. We're about to put all this on a cracker, dude. That's money. I love that dude. His name's Stale Cracker. Got famous on TikTok and all the social medias. More on that in a minute. This is Bobby Bear Jr. It's the only song I know from him. He will be here in town. When I saw this, I was like, oh, hell yes. I mean, I know a couple of songs, but this was his big hit uh, on MTV Days. You blew me off. You blew me off. You blew me off and turned me on. His father, Bobby Bear Sr., was a pretty well-known and prolific country music singer in the, I guess, the 60s, probably. So, yeah, the Bohannons, Marty and uh, Matt, got him coming into 
their joint. I don't have the date. You're on your own on that. You're going to be on your on your own for a lot of these dates. So to talk about that rejoin, there's that stale cracker. It's a whole shtick. He's a total Cajun, you know, Bayou kind of guy, and he's a I I don't know what his original trade was. I guess it was crawfish uh, farming. And now he just does cooking, New Orleans-style cooking videos. And he is going to be at Champies on February 25th doing one of, I'm sure, a big TikTok recording and YouTube recording. And they're going to, hopefully, the weather will be good and they'll be outside with, like, I mean, I'm talking pots of, like, they're like 200-gallon drums of, of this kind of stuff. It's wild. He's pretty funny, a little foolish and silly at times, too, but... So that's going to be a big time. I won't be able to go to that, and I won't be able to tell you why until next week. Uh, but what I will be able to do is go to Champies and get crawfish tonight because it's officially back at Champies at all locations in Chattanooga. Crawfish is available. I am terribly, terribly addicted to that stuff when it's in season. It's terrible for my blood pressure, but it's wonderful for my soul and my heart. And I am going to trivia tonight, so I will probably go get four pounds with sausage and potato sides tomorrow in Eastridge. I'll see you then, champies. Um, a lot of shows coming up. It's starting to fill up. I mean, it's that time of year. That's why, it's, why we're almost to my favorite time of year. We're not there just yet. Uh, tomorrow, I don't think I'm going to do this because I'm going to Nashville for the weekend for no good reason other than to cook and eat in the backyard, smoke a pork butt and... Just hang out with a couple friends and family just for the heck of it. Um, Sam Holt will be at Barrel House Ballroom, and that is the longtime widespread panic guitar tech. And so for the last, I, he might he might be doing it for 20 years now, uh, but at least 10. It's been a while, and he has just this side band that I don't, or his maybe it's his main gig these days, where he's just... He, he's like the all-time archivist of Widespread Panic. He knows him better than almost anybody. I'm sure he has original songs, too, but he does Panic covers, basically. And he's doing a night of music from Mikey and Todd, the two Chattanooga natives of Widespread Panic who have both passed. Uh, Mikey Hauser passed 21 years ago this year, if I remember that date right. And Todd Nance passed away in the last... Three or four years, something not not that long ago, but he had a rough go at the end. He was kind of a mess. I think alcohol, just bad, you know, bad living, uh, not watching his his health and things like that. And so I'm guessing it's going to be a night that's primarily going to be music from those two, and they were the least prolific writers of that band, and some of the least uh, favorites too. I Todd has a song that I love. And Mikey has a song or two that I love, but I'm not sure how many more there are. And so I'm not going to drop, you know, 60, 70 bucks at uh, Barrel House tomorrow to uh, drink beer. I don't really want to listen to some of my least favorite Panic songs. But if you want to, you should. Uh, This came out of nowhere. And when I first saw it, I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Where would this show be? Where would this what what kind of venue would host this? Uh, Les Claypool's Flying Brigade is scheduled to be here in June. And I'm not a big fan of of anything Claypool's done except for Primus itself. I love Primus. I like a little Oysterhead. 
He's got like seven bands. I mean, the guy's always playing with somebody. I never really got into the Flying Brigade, but I would love to see Les Claypool live on a stage anywhere. And what stage would that be, you're asking me, Brian? Well, that is a little kind of leak of one of the Riverbend acts, which has not been announced yet. That was put out by Les Claypool's people uh, in the last day or two and got confirmation that it will be one of the artists at Riverbend. So off to a good start for the newly found new life and fantastic Riverbend Festival. (coughs) Excuse me. And the final one on uh, announcements of this week, Robert Plant and Allison Krauss will be at the Memorial think that's May and you're on your own on the dates and all that stuff. I'll tell you this. I'm sure it'll be, I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, I have seen them once a long time ago. I don't really remember it that well it was when they were kind of new as a, as a, as a duo. And then I saw them at Bonnaroo just this past year. I think wasn't it this year or was it the year before recently. Anyway, uh, bored me to tears, bored me to tears. The Led Zeppelin stuff is all reworked, which I can appreciate that and understand the, the uh, the appeal to doing that to me it didn't it didn't it didn't hit didn't resonate I was uh, yawning very quickly so I, uh, I I don't suggest it but I'm I'm sure it'll be fine if that's what you're into uh, I went to I did not make it to CFC Atlanta United but I've been kind of I don't want to say burying CFC I have been questioning whether they've been able to hold on to that popularity that they once had a firm grip on and the Chattanooga uh, uh, Red Wolves have done a very good job of taking a a big bite out of that hold but this might have more to do with Atlanta United I'm not sure but they sold the the home half of the stadium and from the pictures I saw it looked full the berm over underneath the you know behind the end zone full Uh, heard the lines are pretty bad which seems to be a recurring thing at Finley but that's fine. It's okay. You know, big, big event. And you only had half a building to work with. And I was going to go, I was going to go. And then I couldn't really find anybody who was definitively going. And here we go. Pricing of everything. It was $25 to get in the door. And my brother was going to go with me. He doesn't care anything about soccer. He was in town, but he like, it was a nice day. It's like, let's go out and let's go to the park. Let's go to the stadium. And, um, and I was like, whatever it costs, I'll pay for it, whatever. And I looked at it, and then I saw, you know, I started looking at it, weighing all the pros and cons on this, and what we were running a little late, and I said, you know what? I Let's go to a Mexican restaurant and eat tacos and margaritas instead for half the price because this doesn't just this doesn't matter. And he was furious, like, this is absolute bull job. I'm so tired of all these prices. And I said, well, do put it in perspective this way. This is kind of like if, it's not really like it, but it's close enough. This is kind of like if the Atlanta Braves were in town to play the Chattanooga Lookouts. Would I pay 25 bucks without blinking twice at it? You're damn right I would. And would a whole stadium full of people? Yes, of course they would. That's why the prices were considerably up. But it was also a deterrent. And uh, look, looked great, though. Really happy to see that. Speaking of the Lookouts, this development, I mean, the first thing hasn't even started yet. The first thing. And there was an article in the paper. I, I, I have the Times Free Press now. I have access to it, but I can't print it. It's just the online 
Uh, it's not a PDF. I don't know how to explain the layout. Somehow I'm able to see that, so I read the paper, but I can't print off. So if I want something, I have to handwrite it or type it out myself. But Tim Kelly was quoted in it, and uh, you know, I'm not even paraphrasing. I don't remember what he said. But what it was was disappointment that something hasn't happened already. But what you really got to look at is this entire thing was pushed through so fast, which is fine. I'm not mad about it. Weston Womp, asshole Weston Womp's mad about it. I'm not. But since that time, so much has changed within the economy, within, within pricing and materials and interest rates. I bet when they made this deal, when was that? He, he went into op- uh, office in September. So they pushed that thing through in August. I bet the, the interest rates were, were four, four and a quarter. You know, maybe maybe less, maybe just a little bit more. You know, they're pushing seven percent now. You're talking eighty million dollars instead of four and a quarter. It's set nearly seven, and the bonds haven't been secured. So any money that gets spent, the city has to spend. So that's been what's taking so long. Is we promised we wouldn't spend any money except for the only way we can get something going here is to spend money, which they would pay themselves back with the bonds. We all understand that, and that's fine, but it still could come across as a bad look. But they've they've got to test soil. They've got a survey. I mean, the renderings they put out last year, I will agree with Weston on them, they were junk. They, they, they were useless. They didn't mean anything. That's not what the ballpark's going to look like. Uh, we, they don't even know what portion of the land the ballpark's going to be on. So it would be nice to get this thing moving, get some dirt moving around by the time the summer gets here. They want to play ball there in 25. So that's this season and next season, and that's it. And they want to be opening the doors in two years from two months from right now. You got any confidence that that's going to happen? I don't. Um, after talking about Deja Vu, the record from Krause Stills, Nash & Young last week, I put on Spotify at the house while I was working around the house and put on the record, Deja Vu. And it's playing, it's playing. I'm not paying too close attention other than I hear the songs are playing. And then all of a sudden I hear, can't find my way back home from Blind Faith. And I'm like, I'm not through this album yet. Because if it would bounce off that, it might just go to songs like Deja Vu. It's like the album's not even close to over. And I went and looked. You know, what? if I was going crazy, no, because... Old woke Neil Young, one of my favorites of all time, pulled all his music off of Spotify I forgot about last year because of Joe Rogan thinking vaccines were dumb or something. Um, you know, the only thing I will say to that is good for Neil for actually doing it and sticking to it. So many of these, I'll quit. I'm leaving the country. I'll, I'll delete my Twitter. I'll never, they're all liars. They all come back and they all come back quickly. So though I, I find it to be silly, at least he's sticking to his guns. Um, another thing going on this weekend that I will be out of town and miss is cousins, Maine lobster, the lobster truck. It's going to be in Ottawa. This weekend, I'm guessing over at Cambridge Square. This is another one you're you're on your own on for the details. But I have been dying to try one of these. They are becoming, you know, nationwide famous of, uh, uh, you know, I'm sure you get lobster rolls and nice 
upscale restaurants that are better than these. But they are, I've never heard anybody say or read a comment or anything bad about Cousins Maine Lobster. They were a, uh, on Sharp Tank many years ago, got a big uh, endorsement or a, uh, uh, not endorsement, but a investment from uh, Barbara uh, Cochran, Cochran, whatever her name is, the real estate developer out of New York. And it has been killing it. And it stops in town every now and again. And the only thing, one time, a couple times, I didn't go because I had something else going on. And of the things that I know how to make, going back to cooking, making a really good lobster roll is not that difficult. And you don't really need lobster. You can use shrimp if you want. Or just as good, if not better, you can use king crab. King crab is probably more expensive than lobster. But really, in the end, the sauce... And the the blending and the toasted brioche, it masks. You, you can't really taste how quality that the the that the meat is. It's kind of like a mixed drink. If you put a really good vodka in a highly acidic mixer, like something simple like a a, a, a screwdriver or a grapefruit red grapefruit juice, um, even a white Russian. If you put a really distinctively good tasting, expensive vodka in there, it's going to taste delicious, but it's going to mask the flavor of the vodka. So don't waste your good vodka on a drink like that. And I, for me, that's the same with with like a lobster roll. It's better with the lobster, but you can use shrimp. You could use imitation crab meat if you really wanted to, because that mayo and lemon is going to be and and the uh, and the dill and the uh, cucumbers and the salt. It's just the mixture is so nice. It won't really matter what it is. Anyway, sorry to do two cooking demonstrations on this show today. But if you want to give Maine Cousins Lobster a try, they'll be in Ottawa on Friday. And speaking, or on Saturday or Sunday, and speaking of Shark Tank, show that I'm just terribly obsessed with, I was watching it the other day, and it was a newer one. And it was a re a going back and looking at the biggest, one of the most successful products to come out of the show from 10 years ago, Scrub Daddy. If you've paid attention to anything in this world, you've seen the commercial for this, you've heard of this guy or this product. And if you haven't, it's just a sponge, but it's just, a I don't know, making a ton of money. Well, they did a spotlight on that to show all the progress over the course of the 10 years. And they dude's like, yeah, and we're doing this, and it's been such an amazing ride. We've opened up two new distribution facilities, one in wherever, X town here, and one in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And I'm like, whoa, what? Huh? And I, I rewound it, and it, yeah, yep, and one in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And I thought, okay, wow, that's pretty darn cool. And so I would, I planned to save it and play the audio, but then, of course, I forgot and I deleted it. Doesn't matter, wasn't that interesting, anyway, the audio wasn't that good anyway. So then I thought, I'll just pull the story. And I was bouncing around all over online, and I couldn't find a single story about it. And I only found two paywalls that wouldn't let me in, that looked like maybe it would have mentioned it. And I was just, how, it, is there not a story? The guy just clear as day told national television that Scrub Daddy is being distributed, maybe even produced and distributed in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and I can't find a single source on this. And I've never heard anybody talk about it. There's not a Times Free Press article about it. There's, how is that possible? The, the freaking Chattanooga, how, how is Facebook, how, how is it a, a national phenomenon product for 10 years on, on a very popular television show 
have a distribution facility in Chattanooga. Not only did I not already know, I can't prove it or find a single business consumer report about it. I don't know. It's 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 mind blowing to me. So I just went ahead and wrote it down and figured I would mention that. And I was going to spend some time on the latest uh, with the Womps. And I'll just mention it briefly. They're trying to clean up the city with additional projects to clean up the roads, trash, you know, people picking up trash who for, for minor uh, incidences. They, and, and, you know, it's a, it's, it sounds like it might be an okay idea. But I think that's a good place to stop right there. Um, I'm going to be super vague for a minute and um, just go real quick for like one minute. After next week's show, I'm taking an extended period of time off from this podcast and ultimately I'll be taking an extended period of time off from a lot of things and um, I will explain in full next Thursday I'm not leaving this I'm not in the stop been doing this I will never stop doing something that gives me a creative outlet to have I mean I have fun with this stuff and without it I'd be lost but it's going to be a little while before the next show meaning it could be over a month and a half. Um, I'll, it'll make more sense next week. Sorry to be vague, but um, I, w- I will do that that next week. And I thank you for listening to the show. And uh, what else? Oh, the Brian Stone guy that got, that got caught. I can't believe I forgot this. has been sitting here right in front of me the whole time. Some dude got arrested, and I got like 10, 15 texts. It says, Brian Stone. Uh, a shooting in Udawah. It's actually a decent story, but I couldn't find a damn article to get it. What happened? But no, I didn't kill anybody, and I didn't uh, hijack a car and um, have a 100-mile-an-hour police chase. But some other Brian Stone did. We'll talk to you next week. See you later. Bye.